We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to do something a little bit different today. So the first and second free agency waves are kind of done. You're still seeing some signings trickling in. 49ers were recording this Monday afternoon. The 49ers have made a couple more moves. They've had a couple of more guys leave. But we're going to look at the 49ers draft needs, and we're going to draft draft needs. So we're going to have a draft of needs of the draft. Yeah. It's going to make sense. I can't wait to hear you explain it. Let's dive in. <laughs> Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. You know what just hit me? What's up? Today when I was uh, driving to the gym, not to brag. Um, dude, not having a day job is like, it sucks. But also, I've been to the gym every day, basically. It's great. Yeah, I'm no, taking, that's, that's awesome. Taking care of me. Yeah. You know, self-help, man. It's, totally. It's self-care. It's not self-help, but, self-care. But I, it is, like, I guess it is self-help a little bit, but I, I meant self-care. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, health is wealth or whatever. So I can't wait to hit the cable company with that. Like, hey, I don't got it this month for cable internet, but <laughs> I biked like forty-eight miles last week. You'll you'll so. be fine. You'll uh, be no, fine. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I wish you'd spend a little bit more time in the lab, but that's that's fine. I'm getting there. Okay. Trust, big trust. I'm getting there. So, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet today. I'm gonna do this for real. So if you saw this tweet, now you're hearing this. You're hearing, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna tweet. Where do I find all 22 college tape? And I can't <laughs> wait for the earnest responses. I'm really I, excited. I really enjoy when people do that because, like, okay, so there's there's definitely a segment of NFL 
media people who do watch a ton of tape and I give them a lot of credit. And there's also a segment of people who are on Twitter who just want to tweet about watching tape to tweet about watching tape to make it seem like they're a real expert. And those people you can see right through and man, they are hilarious. So I enjoy I enjoy that. That's going to be me. I'm going to talk about all the tape I watch on these guys, and I'm going to be lying. I can't wait. It's like, yeah, I grinded a ton of tape, a.k.a. read a couple of blogs about that person. Right. I I watched... Watched some YouTube highlights. Right. I dug into a couple games on YouTube. Uh, I watched a couple highlights, and I I read some blurbs. That's uh, that's my deep scouting background. But anyway, yeah, we we try not to take that stuff too seriously. The draft is a crapshoot. That's the thing with the draft, man. Like I've been, I've covered 49ers drafts since 2013. And really, oh, you sent the tweet out as we're recording. That's, oh yeah. Love that. Uh, I, I, as somebody who's covered the draft and written about prospects and been like, I think this guy will fit. And I think that guy will fit. Nobody knows anything is really my ultimate draft take when it comes to like anything outside of like the first round. It's like, nobody knows who likes what, when somebody's going to go like people have general ideas, but the thing I've learned about covering the draft for 10 years has been nobody, know nobody in the media knows anything like really, which is why I like this. this like sometimes flood... you do, but also sometimes you don't <laughs> right. The, the, the flood of draft content. Well, I get it. People love the draft and like media people going to cover the senior bowl and the combine. All that's really cool. I think it's cool that people are hustling and trying to get as educated as possible. No doubt. But ultimately to me, like there's just such a chasm between what NFL people think and the real talent evaluators uh, evaluators versus like everybody else. Yeah. And you spend so much time trying to predict who's going to go where. And it's just, it's kind of impossible. Yeah. I, I also think that the, the aspect of draft coverage, it gets lost. And we're talking about this as we're going to dive into 49ers draft needs. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about the, the the, we're talking about the roster, not incoming players. Let me pause on this right quick and finish what I was talking about going to the gym. Sure. I was leaving the gym today and it was cold and it made me realize that we're in the middle of March and nearing the end of March and we have not gotten to do a beat the heat beat bit yet. It's crazy. And that, that, you know, I don't want to say it upsets me, but it was jarring for sure because I feel like we always get one in like February. I was listening to, uh, to Kevin Herter, Kings shooting guard. He was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. And this is the first year he's played for the Kings, right? Mm-hmm. He said, and this, I need to have a conversation with him about this. He was like, yeah, everybody told me I would come to California and like really enjoy the weather, but it's rained every day. And like, I don't believe anybody when they say that like the weather's good here. And I was like, man, this is the first time it's rained in like a decade and a half. Full stop. <laughs> like this Did you is... see our drought conditions? <laughs> yeah, I got some got some charts to show you, dog. <laughs> but I I, t- I took my I took my wife to San Diego the this past weekend or a couple weekends ago now I guess. And every time I've been to San Diego twice, and when I come back, I'm like, babe, you're gonna love it there. Da, 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 da. Like I can't wait. Like when we go, you're gonna want to move there and da, blah blah blah. Did you get the the gloom? Dude, we got there. It's it's cold. It's overcast. It rained almost 
all day on Friday or all <laughs> evening on Friday. We went to the beach on Saturday. It's gray and cold and windy. Like, God damn it, man. Yeah, that'll happen. Anyways, that'll anyways happen. with the draft. I think the thing that gets overlooked with, with the draft is how a team, and this is what we don't know and what we can't tell when we're like, oh, this player is a good fit for this team. We don't know how the team evaluates internally. Like, you and I may watch Charlie Werner, for example, and be like, wow, Charlie Werner is a very mediocre player. But the 49ers may do their internal scouting and go, holy hell, Charlie Werner is crushing it. And I just don't know what I'm looking at necessarily versus they know exactly what they're looking at and what they're looking for. So that's the big thing I think that gets kind of lost. And there's no way, like, I I commend anybody who dedicates the amount of time necessary to watch tape on 200 plus draft prospects and develop takes and opinions and thoughts like shout out to you. But I think on top of all that, there needs to be like, you need to be digging in to do it. I think quote unquote properly. You need to be digging into like the, the teams themselves, what they're drafting, where they're drafting and what their team actually looks like. Yeah. I, I would just, you can't do that. The so the best way when I've covered the draft and and like we talk about sort of the chasm between NFL teams, the way they view prospects and the way media does just by the, the media watching film independently. The best way to do this is to figure out what teams are looking for by asking people in the know, scouts, people in personnel departments, um, just about like what kind of players teams are looking for like they each team has like their own archetype and right. it, a lot of that has to do with like mental makeup right like the 49ers like they their their gold helmet prospects are guys who they are betting on to become like George Kittle and Fred Warner and like a lot of those guys aren't necessarily first round prospects but guys are like oh I would bet on that guy he might not be yeah. as talented as some of the first round guys but in terms of work ethic and character and dependability, like I would bet on that guy. And those guys are the ones that you really have to try to identify if you're on the outside looking in. And, and you, you have to find those traits by talking to people within the league. So yeah. like that, that when I say there's a chasm between media and it, like when there isn't when you're not like talking to those people and trying to figure out exactly what they want from any individual position or just overall from the types of players that they want to add into the building. Like that's, that's where that chasm exists because we're all just guessing otherwise. Right. And so that's, that's why I think it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit unique to like, all right, the people who are, who are clued in and talking to people in the NFL have a far better idea of what teams are looking for than the people who are just like, Oh, you can watch like, you can watch all the YouTube tape and all 22 college tape in the world. But just because you do that doesn't mean you know exactly what these teams are looking for. Right. So. Here's what the 49ers are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so that with, with all of that in mind, we're going to look at 49ers draft needs. And to me, this is about more where the weak spots on their roster are. Yes, this is not about the incoming draft class yet. We'll dive in. We have plenty of time to dive into that. Yeah. 
Uh, so this is less about like, Hey, it's a strong defensive end class. They need to go get, it's less that and more. Okay. They've made their big free agency moves. They have their returning pieces. Let's take a look at the roster, figure out where they're weak because you're running out of opportunities to sign free agents who are going to make like a real impact. The big time impact free agents are for the most part gone by now. And the Niners, frankly, don't have a ton of money to work with. Even though they're going to have, this is something nobody's talking about. Their draft class is going to be super cheap. <laughs> Not enough people are talking about this. But they have one pick in the top 100. They have 11 picks total, <laughs> one in the top 100. Their draft class is going to be dirt cheap, bro. So yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for them to hang the, the cheap draft class banner of <laughs> Levi's. Or maybe fly the flag like next to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl <laughs> flags in the, in the southeast corner. <laughs> cheap draft class. John, what are you excited about this year? Well, I got to tell you. <laughs> the draft class is going to cost pennies. <laughs> we might use all 11 picks just to say we did it. Oh, man, it's so funny. So let's 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 dive into this. So we're going to draft draft needs and try and kind of pick the order that we think uh, the Niners, you know, should be prioritizing. Yeah, so we're doing, we're each doing our own, like you and I are doing a draft of the draft needs that we think are the most important. What are my draft needs in this draft? <laughs> what a tangled web. <laughs> now we're getting All to right. like inception, but who's going draftception? Yeah. Who's going first? Do you have a coin? Um, we're going to do a live coin flip. Why don't Yeah, do you have a coin? Yeah, I actually do. Hang on. I literally stand by Great I have podcasting. this giant piggy bank right oh, here. Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah, no big deal. I got it at a gift exchange one year. And uh, it's one of those piggy banks that when you put the coin in, it counts how much you have in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was one of those things that I opened it and I'm like, oh, cool. It's a jar. Damn it. <laughs> you know when you open it at like a white elephant, you open a thing and you're like, this gift sucks. I'm stuck with it. <laughs> and then you stand there the whole time like trying to sell it. Sure. But then I looked and saw what it actually was, and it turned into a, like, I hope nobody takes this for me. Nice. And nobody did, shockingly. Yeah. Very convenient. The battery's dead. I have no idea how much money is in this job, but I have a... <laughs> but you have the ability <laughs> to fit. Major, major design flaw. When the battery dies, all data erased. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's so funny. I might... Hey, I think what I'm going to do one of my projects while I'm half employed is I'm going to redo the batteries in this and just replace all of the coins. So there has to be, I'm guessing there's like $35 worth of coins in that jar. Yeah. I I've been in my head. I've been saying 40. Yeah. Okay. So there's a a lot lot of quarters, a lot of quarters. Oh, good. Good for you. All right. Pit the flip one. Okay. Uh, here we have a, uh, just so we know it's fair. This is a 2013. Uh, Flip the coin, bro. <laughs> quarter. <laughs> Delaware Mint, obviously. Denver? Denver Mint, obviously. Uh, commemorating Perry's victory in Ohio. Uh, e pluribus unum, of course. Uh, okay, heads or tails, Chris? Uh, tails never fails, Kyle. It is tails. You pick first. All right. Okay. Hmm. Coins back in the jar. Coins back in the jar. So you're gonna have to to find out how many 
how how much money you have in coins. You have to re-enter all of the coins. Yeah, I've got. I'm gonna dump them into a pile. And I'm gonna pop them back through the coin slot. That's hilarious. Okay, it's gonna suck. All right, draft needs. Let's go. I am going to go with. So this is an interesting discussion because you talk about positional value, right? And like, do you it just? It is an take, interesting discussion. That's why we're doing it. Do you just take? <laughs> do you just take? Do you look at the pre the quote unquote premium positions and just say, okay, this is probably what the like the we're going to prioritize premium positions, even though we feel a little bit better about what's there currently than maybe another spot, right? So I'm going to, with that in mind, I'm going to go a premium position, even though, and this might be a controversial take, I feel better about Colton McKivitz long-term than I do about Tayshawn Gibson. But I would argue safety is probably... Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, but but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with right tackle because it's a more premium position. Okay. So you lose Mike McGlinchey in free agency. Tackle is super important. Kyle Shanahan's scheme. They do a lot of outside zone running. Obviously, mm-hmm. pass protection super important. And I'm optimistic about what Colton McKivitz could bring the 49ers on a cost relative basis. Right, like he's gonna cost what one eleventh of what Mike McGlinchey gets, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and he'll probably and he'll probably be at least seventy five percent the player. Right, is that reasonable? Like that's kind of where yeah. I'm at on like McKivitt. So like the reason why the Forty ers didn't bring back Mike McGlinchey was just because like well you can get you can get a reasonable approximation of McGlinchey for far cheaper the price. Right. But long term, do you feel confident enough in Colton McKivitz to where you don't need to draft that position and he's just going to be the guy you keep resigning going forward? Or do you want to infuse talent there and have somebody that is eventually is going to replace him or at least push him for that starting spot? Yeah. So the fact that the 49ers used that 2018 first round pick on McGlinchey tells you how much they prioritize it because if you remember, they had Trent Brown and they were basically like, no, we'd rather use a draft pick on somebody like Mike McGlinchey than retain Trent Brown in free agency or have to pay him a year, a year later. They they traded him before he was up for a contract, right? I believe so. Yeah. They traded him to new England. So they really prioritize that position. Um, and I think it's, you know, there's a certain level of risk going into the season with with Colton McKivitz as your starting right tackle. But I do feel better about him than Tayshawn Gibson long term, just because Gibson's sort of long in the tooth and it's a position predicated on speed so much. But I'm going to go with right tackle. So here's my I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you said, but part of part of the thing when I try and project a little bit what the Niners are looking at here, I'm if they're cool rolling with Colton McKivitz this year and then trying to use the first round pick next year on a tackle. That's that's, and maybe, maybe they draft a tackle in the fifth round or something and see if they can find a guy. But I, I do think you're right. If you're looking at just 2023, 
I don't think you can feel super comfortable with Colton McKivitz as the guy. And then really the other thing here is let's say they draft with number 99. That's their first pick. And they draft a tackle. Even if that guy doesn't start, he's probably your second best. He's probably your swing tackle. You'd hope so. Because because I think Jalen Moore is the only other option right now. Yeah. And they drafted him to play guard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they drafted McKivitz to play guard too, but he's a bona fide dirt dog, so he can kind of play wherever. (laughs) Yeah, I, I... I I don't think I would have taken right tackle number one, but I can I can see why. Yeah, I can see why that plays. I'm picking free safety. Okay, and I know that this becomes a little bit less of a need with the Miles Hartsfield signing. And now they have a full safety room at least, right? It's Tayshawn Gibson and Talanoa Hufanga your starters. It's George Odom and Miles Hartsfield are are likely your your two backups. But I think you can find a really good safety prospect in the third, fourth, fifth round range. And they need a long-term answer there. And maybe they think it's Hartsfield. Maybe that's that's their guy and it's going to be Steve Wilkes' guy and that's just going to be a thing. But I don't I don't trust that. He's versatile. He plays free safety. He lined up in the slot in Carolina. Uh, undrafted guy in 2020. Was fine. It did an okay job. I just don't know if that's the player I'm circling where it's like, oh yeah, this is the guy long term. I mean, they signed into a one year deal. If there's if they're if they're using all three of their third round picks, or if they trade up in the third round, I think it's they use one of those picks on a safety, and if they trade up, I think it's for a safety. If for no other reason, then it gives them some depth this year. But a good free safety prospect could probably beat out Tayshawn Gibson, or might be able to beat out Tayshawn Gibson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, so the 49ers have three third round picks and three fifth round picks. And no fourth round picks. Um. Just, just a random question that, that's not related to this exercise. Do you think they're more likely 
or do you do you think there's a chance they move up? They're just like we're just going to package a third and a fifth, and one of our four sevenths for a second. Yeah, if they can get up into the second, because I don't think they're using eleven picks. I don't think they're using eleven picks either. As cheap as it would be, I don't think they're using eleven picks. And they're going to have a bunch of compensatory picks next year. That might be five. That might be there. So they had seven compensatory picks this year. They're looking at something like five next year, right? That might mm-hmm. be their avenue. Be like, all right, we have a bunch of really high-level starters, and we already have a roster that's not entirely complete, but like, why not use some of these compensatory picks to trade up and, and get some of this draft capital back that we traded for Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey? Mm. That, would, that mm. would make sense to me. I could see that. So anyway, um, especially like your window's open now. You know, like you need guys who can like contribute now. Yeah. And you're more likely to do that with a second round pick than, a, than you know, three thirds. Well, I, I depending on who. Anyway, we know the 49ers have had success in the third and fifth. Maybe they're just trying to have as many bites at the apple as possible. Um, okay. I'm going to go defensive line. And I was thinking about whether to make this defensive end or defensive tackle. And I just decided to cheat and just say defensive line. Because I think they need depth at both spots. Um, I think they need depth along the interior behind Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. And I think, you know, that like they've lost. They've lost a lot of talent along the defensive line and just, I think, need to add a few guys in the draft losing Samson Ebukam, Hassan Ridgeway, Mo Hurst. Uh, Charles Amenahu, like those are those are guys who theoretically you were expecting to play a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you get Cleveland Furl. Yeah, you have Drake Jackson, you know, presumably poised for a bigger role, but long term, you just need more depth. And I don't know what you can count on when it comes to Javon Kinlaw, but. I'm probably not banking on him being somebody that like, yeah, he's going to play six, 17 games next year. You yeah, know? for sure. So um, I would, you have Khalil Davis, the, the guy that Kalea Davis. Yeah. Kalea Davis. Yeah. The guy they drafted last year with the 20 CL who, who, who's coming back and they think might be like a DJ Jones type guy, yep. which I could really, really use. Do you know, he played, he was a, he converted linebacker. To defensive tackle. Yeah. That's don't hear about that a lot. It's a lot of protein shakes. Um, so much protein, bro. But I'm going defensive line. They're we've talked about how they prioritize. Okay, they just em- emphasize on, defensive pause. line. Hang on, pause. Yeah. I feel like that's cheating in the exercise. To go defensive line is to, like not say yeah, defensive pick tackle. tackle or edge, dog. Edge. Fine. It's edge. It's more, it's a more premium position. Edge, all caps. All caps edge. I did it in lowercase just to just to stick it to you. I love how like I people got sick of like defensive end slash outside linebacker and it was just edge, but they were so upset about having to change it, they just made edge all caps. I also love the new thing where you don't want to put S for safety, so it's SAF SAF. That's a new one. When when did that happen? recently i guess draft network started doing it now nfl.com does it what what are you 
because there was like confusion with specialists maybe okay. or they didn't want it to just be one letter okay and fs slash ss doesn't work i guess is it all is it an all cap staff of course okay it's not a game it. dog <laughs> this is not a game uh no i think edge is the right answer there and honestly if they traded up and drafted an edge rusher it wouldn't shock me at all like, it's just such an important thing for them, and it's something they prioritize so much. And when you're looking at Cleveland Furl Reclamation Project, Drake Jackson, who was a healthy scratch at the end of last year because he wasn't in shape, like, those are two guys that I'm just not at a position that's so important. I'm just not banking on those two guys. You just so, always want to have edge be your strength. Yes. And if you're going to add to a strength, that's the place to do it. Yes. We, they did it last year with Drake Jackson. They had Omenahu and Ebukam and 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 Bosa. Sorry, it's easy to forget Bosa. And <laughs> I, I think they I think they do it again this year because I think their edge their edge group is even weaker this year. They probably last year they're probably looking at the future and saying we're probably going to lose a bunch of these guys in free agency, so we need to draft somebody like Drake Jackson. Right. So edge wouldn't shock me at all. I'm going I'm going a little bit hipster here. Oh, please. Yeah. Do it. It's happening. It's happening. Do it. Do it. They literally don't have a kicker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you did it. If they, if the 49ers had to suit up and play a game tomorrow, field goals, not an option, which to be totally honest, might be better for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> it might just make him a better coach, but kicker would not be an option for them. So, look, do they draft one in this fourth round or whatever, or the third round? Like, no, it's not that dire. But it wouldn't shock me if they use a fifth-round pick or, like, trade up into the fourth round to draft a kicker. That would not surprise me no. one bit. Because, A, they need one, and, B, if you're drafting one, you better hope that you're getting the guy that you think is going to be reliable forever. Yeah. So Robbie Gold's... That kicked a lot of important kicks for them. Yes. And they were also, they were willing to pay Robbie Gold five million dollars the last couple of years. And also, <laughs> can you get a guy that can kick the ball out of the end zone? Yes. Can you get a touchback? That's my that's yeah. my that's my off season. That's on my off season to do list for Mitch Wishnowski. Just get him to be better at touchback. Learn to learn to launch it out of the end zone, my guy. <laughs> but are you sacrificing his elite ability to pin opponents inside the 10 yard line. If you're asking him, if you're, (laughs) Um, we got to get, we got to get Tabor pepper back on the show and get his thoughts. Yeah. I just, you know, Mitch had such a good year and now you're paying him a second contract. Like, do you risk the wear and tear of having him do kick us? I'm being sarcastic. Bro, this is, this is the reality. (laughs) This is the reality of work at some point you're going to have to do more with less right we're going to cut a position <laughs> and that position is going to be folded into this position this and now this soon, person man. this is now this, now this person that was doing this job is going to do these two jobs this is too soon everybody listening to this that works for a corporation is like nodding furiously <laughs> it's consolidation okay so we have i went right tackle you went free safety i went edge you went kicker. Honestly, value pick by me. <laughs> a lot of a lot of upside. 
Um, okay. Ooh, I'm I'm I have kind of a dilemma here. Kind of a dilemma. So you lose Aziz Alshire. And you probably don't feel great about your third linebacker spot without him. Mm-hmm. But you also have a tight end situation where you have George Kittle. But whenever you lose George Kittle, for whatever reason, your offense struggles. Or at least it feels like it struggles. and just doesn't play at the same level because he kind of embodies the versatility that Kyle Shanahan wants to have offensively, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody who, who can make, who impacts the running game and the passing game in the same way that George Kittle does. Mm-hmm. And so when he's hurt, you really struggle to sort of make up the difference in that regard. It's a good tight end class. It's what I've heard. I've heard. Hmm. I'm going to go tight end. It's the right pick. I'm going to go tight end because like we're talking about like prioritizing needs or like what's a bigger need you could probably find a pretty good linebacker in the fifth round, mm-hmm. right? Like there are, it's kind of like, like linebackers, the running back of the defense in terms of, in terms of like how you evaluate it, in my opinion, or like how you value it, I should say. Right. Like there's a similar value proposition to linebackers as running backs to a certain, like in the draft, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I'm going tight end here because and this is not about replacing George Kittle. It's more about maximizing whatever time left you have with him. And also the tight end position is so important on offense that you would love to have another pass catching threat because, frankly, Charlie Warner just isn't a pass catching threat. He's a good blocker. But if you could have somebody who blocks as well as Charlie Warner does, who can also provide you value in the passing game that might take your offense to a little bit of a different level. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going tight end there. And then also you have the long-term ramifications of like, all right, if you do, if you draft a dude who you feel like could eventually start in two or three years, then it's not like dire straits in the post George Kittle era. Yeah. And I think we saw the chiefs last year run a bunch of multiple tight end stuff. You see the bears went out and got Robert Tunyon to pair with Cole Komet. I think they're going to do a bunch of multiple tight end stuff. And when you're talking about Kyle Shanahan and an offense that, you know, values what's the word I'm looking for? Very, very not variance. Versatility. Um, versatility and positionless football. Yeah, just that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that all that jazz. You know what I mean? But in an offensive values that like being able to roll out 12 or 22 personnel and run and throw out of it. I think would just, but right now they just can't do that because Charlie Warner is not enough of a, of a receiving threat. So I, I love the idea of, of tight end landing at that spot. Um, for my last one, you brought up linebacker. I think it's linebacker. If, if for no, like they just, they, I don't think Demetrius Flanagan fouls is that guy. And I don't think Orin, special teams guy. I don't think Oren Burks is that guy as far as being on the field as often as Aziz Alshire was last year and potentially needing to fill in for Dre Greenlaw, who's been hurt multiple times in his career. 
Like they need a player that they think is good at that spot. And that's another one that it wouldn't, I, I don't think that they're going to trade up like super high to go get a linebacker, but if they used one of their third round picks on a linebacker, that wouldn't shock me because that's the guy that could play this year quite a bit. And then Dre Greenlaw's contracts up at the end of 2024. And he's very likely going to get a lot of money somewhere. More than the 49ers are going to be willing to pay. I feel like Dre Greenlaw could have went and got 12 to $15 million a year had he just elected for free agency. Signing him to the that two-year extension before last year was brilliant. Like he's he's on he's getting a fraction of what he would get elsewhere. He'd be the best starting linebacker on like half the teams in the league. Right, which is kind of wild that he just decided to take that deal. Well, did what he he had the groin injury in twenty one. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm kind of wondering if it was a you know, get some money now. It's a two-year deal. He's going to be 27 when he hits free agency again. Uh, he can still he can still cash out. Yeah, yeah. Two-year, 16.4 million dollar extension with 10 million guaranteed. Like he he could have gotten way more than that on the open market. Yeah, especially after how well he played last year. Yeah, but anyways, I, I the Niners need a linebacker, and they've been really good at drafting them. They've been really good at identifying guys that fit their defense. They may really like one of the one of the guys in the practice squad or that was a special teams guy. Maybe they really like Curtis Robinson going forward or or Marcelino McCrary ball fits that like safety linebacker hybrid type that they like. Uh the guy from Indiana is a UDFA last year and he spent all year on the practice squad. But I I, I think they're gonna draft somebody. And it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if it was one of their third round picks. Yeah. Like Oren Burks is somebody they brought in to play special teams. Yeah, right. and he was a he was a second or third round pick when he got yeah. drafted, and he just never he's just not not great at, at being a linebacker. Not a bad really player. Not a bad player, but you feel better if he's your fourth linebacker rather than your third. Yes, I totally agree. Um, okay, so our draft exercise: I took right tackle, you took free safety, I took edge, all caps. All caps. You took kicker. I took tight end. You took linebacker. Yeah, I think I, I like think my draft. Want... I went. I went multiple premium positions, and you went not that, <laughs> not premium positions. I I I circled more. So you you went with a strategy of adding to strengths, taking a gamble on a on a premium position at, at tackle, and then trying to find that second tight end that they've been looking for since forever, since they drafted George Kittle. Yeah. I went with free safety. Like they just need a long-term answer there. Yeah. They need a kicker and they, I think need a third linebacker. So I went with the more like, I went more weaknesses. You went more adding to sure. strengths. You probably, Honestly, you probably could have gotten kicker with your sixth pick. Yeah, but I wanted to do a joke with it. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, from a value perspective, I don't know about kicker with, with the fourth pick. Sure. <laughs> it could have been available. No, no, doubt, no doubt. You're right. You're right. I messed that up. No, I, I but I think if you if you're ordering like needs for the Niners, if somebody walked up to you, if John Lynch walked up and handed you a list and said, Hey, here's what I think our needs are, 
and it went right tackle, free safety, edge kicker, tight end, linebacker. Like, yeah. And that would make sense to me. And we know John listens to the pod, so. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think I think we're we're right on the money here in terms of figuring out what they need. I also think that this could change a little bit. Like if they go get has Zadarius Smith signed anywhere yet? No. Like if I they wind so. up with somebody like Zadarius Smith or Yannick Ngakwe, who we've talked about on the pod, or if they go get like a Foster Moreau in free agency, that changes some of these a little bit. Or if they re-sign Robbie Gold. But for right now, based on what we've seen, I think this is a good list. Yeah. And then if they make another major signing, we can we can go back over this. I will hold on to this, and then we'll just kind of revisit, revisit it. We could also just call it a needs list and not necessarily a draft needs list. Because okay, they could, to your, to your point, they could fill this in via free agent. Okay, but I think for like SEO, <laughs> we should call it a draft needs list. No, for sure. The title of this pod is going to be all... <laughs> it's all going to be San Francisco needs. 49ers NFL draft needs. Right. Trey Lance trade question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. SEO is a trip. It's wild how the internet works. It is so nuts how the internet works. But anyways, we're going to skip that topic. Yeah. Not great pod content, but uh, no, this was a good list. (laughs) And how the internet works with Cobb Madsen and Chris Biederman. SEO. It's crazy, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's Uh, our show folks. Um, a month till the draft. Yeah, you're just gonna spend a lot of time in the lab. So much time. I just found uh, somebody hit me. Apparently, there's a site called Dynasty Nerds that lays out like game by game all 22 of draft prospects. So, <laughs> someone responded five, to your tweet. Yeah, five bucks a month. Five bucks My, a month. Yeah, five bucks a month. But I'll get to grind a ton of tape so yeah, like sounds, sounds fun the thing is is i'm gonna i'm gonna do five dollars for the month of april and then just cancel right sure because i don't need look i don't need jl skinner tape in august i mean you don't need jl guess, skinner tape in august but somebody you want to go you want to go half on that on that sub <laughs> Um, Jordan Willis to the Raiders. Your thoughts? That's uh, I thought that was a player the 49ers would re-sign. In my brain, when I was looking at their list of to be signed free agents or free agents still to be signed, Jordan Willis was one that I just penciled in back to the 49ers. Yeah. Same with same with Tervarius Moore, who's going to the Packers. I just thought those are two guys that bring back special teams, their depth. Moore might start. But both gone. Especially with their need at safety. Yeah. The more thing was a little weird. They must just be out on him. Yeah. Yeah. Could have a uh, career arc for that guy. Yeah. So uh, like that's why like injuries really suck. Because it seemed like he was on a path yeah. to like be a pretty good player and then had the Achilles tear. Yeah. Um uh, John Feliciano. Kim Jones from Newsday covers the Giants. Said John Feliciano. It's a one year deal with the 49ers. I thought that they would have a hard time replacing Daniel Brunskill. And by that, I mean a backup who can play both guard spots and center. And John Feliciano does that. He's been in the league for eight years. Started 15 games at center last year for the Giants. 
um, but has dealt with calf and chest injuries in 2020 Mm -hmm. and 2021 when he was a starter at right guard and left guard for the Buffalo Bills. But he did play all 16 games in 2019 at right guard for the Bills. 30 years old, or is he 30 right now? Last year he was 30. He's 31. He turned 31 in February. So, yeah, I mean, basically a Daniel Brunskill replacement is sort of how I see it, who probably is not going to play tackle in a pinch like Brunskill could. Right. So that's maybe maybe this allows Jalen Moore to focus more on tackle. Yeah. So. And it wouldn't – if if Jalen Moore won the the right – Three, two, and one. If Jalen Moore <laughs> won the starting right tackle job, would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. I would be mildly surprised. Mild surprise is a good word for it. Yeah. I think I think Colton McKivitz is clearly the favorite. But, I mean, the thing with Jalen Moore, it was like the reason why he hasn't been as versatile as the 49ers thought he was is because, like, Trent Williams got hurt and dealt with injuries, and Jalen Moore just had to play left tackle in practice. And just never which is really, his natural position. which is his natural position and never really got the footwork down or got enough reps to get the footwork down on, on the right side at either guard or, or tackle. So maybe that changes this off season. We'll see. Mike McGlinchey told me once, and I, I think I've mentioned this on the pod without saying which player it was, but now that McGlinchey's on the, on the Broncos, I can say it. Mm-hmm. Switching sides for alignment is like learning how to wipe with the other hand. Right. It's not a super <laughs> easy thing to do. It's just very awkward at first. I've tried. <laughs> I really want to be ambidextrous. So if you're wondering why, like some offense, like why can't this guy play that position? Well, if it involves switching sides to the line, like that's it's not an easy thing. Yeah, it's awkward, and that uh, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe they're Jalen Moore is working on that right now. Uh, or maybe they're planning on on drafting somebody to yeah. push uh, to push McKivitz. So anyway, all right, let's get out of here. Subscribe rate review is scheduled to be on Wednesday. Oh yeah, we have a guest on Wednesday. I feel I very want... good. I feel very confident this person's going to join us. It's not like Alex Smith where they're going to be like, ah, you know what? Hey, now that you've been sitting on Zoom for twenty minutes, never mind. He's not going to do it. Oh, just throwing Alex Smith under the bus, huh? Now, yeah, dude. Okay, look. <laughs> A, I don't even think it was Alex Smith. Uh, well, it was Alex happened. Smith. Oh, was it? No, I mean oh. he was the guest. Yeah, and like, but they, it's not his fault. We we get put into a calendar, and of radio hits in a day as he promotes whatever he's promoting, and sometimes you get pushed because those hits go long and is you know. Anyways, shit happens. I'm not throwing Alex Smith under the bus. He's a delight, but I'm confident. Uh, Ray Ratto, the great Ray Ratto, is going to be on our podcast. Love Ray Ratto. Just, I'm an, an all-time various sports writing legend, an, sports media legend at this point. If you told me when I was twenty, like, hey, you're going to host a Niners podcast, I'd be like, okay, that tracks. And then they'd be like, with one of your best friends, and also Ray Ratto is just going to jump on the show. We get you asked. <laughs> I would have, would blown my brain out of my ears ray ratto was subbing at kmbr when i was interning there in 2009 and he didn't know me i was an intern like he didn't know me from a hole in the wall Mm -hmm. and just between commercial breaks just chatted me up 
and yeah. gave me excellent advice. Great guy. And you hear you hear Ray Ratto, and he's like the famous curmudgeon, and I think he's like one of the funniest, if not the funniest, people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, that's who. It, but like, when the spotlights, when the microphones aren't on, or when the tweets aren't getting sent, he's just a genuinely awesome person. Yep, big fan, big fan of his. Yeah. Don't tell him I told you that. We're talking to him on Wednesday. Very much looking forward to that. Absolutely. All right. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not done those things. And we'll talk to you next time.